called paparazzi faith. Living out your faith in a world where everyone is watching. So John chapter 20, verse 19. I believe God wants to uh, challenge the church, challenge every believer to live out your faith. Because how many know you can walk the walk, you can talk the talk, sorry, but you know how many know walking the walk is different? You know, you can say you're a Christian, you say you're, you say you're a believer, but guess what? There are paparazzis around. <laughs> the world is watching on to the church. And I'm telling you, your family are a paparazzi. Your children are paparazzi and they're watching your life and they're taking snapshots. And the question is for every believer, what kind of picture are they taking of your life? What kind of message are you conveying to the world? What kind of message are you preaching to your family, to the world? So John chapter 20 is where we'll be reading this morning. If you're there, say amen. amen. All right, John chapter 20. We're going to read verses 19. And it reads this. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for the fear of the Jews... Watch this. <laughs> Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. This is what I want to preach on. Now Thomas, called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. <laughs> we have seen the Lord. Can you get that? They're, they're bragging right now. It's, Man, we have seen the Lord, Thomas. And this is what he said to them. So he said, this is Thomas speaking, Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas was with them. And Jesus came, the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here. Look at my hands. Reach your hand here. Put your hand into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but be believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said to, uh, to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen. That's you and I, but yet have believed. God, I pray this morning. I pray that you take every word spoken today. Penetrate our hearts. Change us. In fact, change us for all eternity. God, transform our lives. God, that the world may see you in us. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. So just walk with me around the text for a minute. Because the disciples are in hiding. The disciples are in the fear of the Jews. So they're assembled together. And get this, because their Jesus, the one who they were following, is dead. He died. Finito. He gone. And so they're hiding because of the fear of the Jews. Hope is disintegrated. Faith has turned to fear. And all of a sudden, Jesus busts in the room. <laughs> there ain't no knock-knock jokes with Jesus. 
knock, knock. Now he's, he's right there in the midst. He comes in and everyone, all the disciples were glad. They saw the Lord. This is amazing. Fear has now been turned to faith in an instant. Man, that's so much like life. When everything seems lost, when everything seems like, you know what, you're in despair. How many know it's so powerful that Jesus, when he turns up, everything changes. When Jesus comes in your life, when fears gripped your soul and you feel like, man, I don't know what's going on in my mind. I don't know what's going on in my life. But something happens when you get together with a group of believers. Something happens when you come together and Jesus turns up. I'm telling you, that's church. With two or three gathered in my name, Jesus says, I am with you. You might be here this morning, you're depressed. You might be here today, you might be living in fear. But listen, you might not have it all together. But when we come together, hallelujah, when we come together as a church, Jesus turns up. And faith begins to arise within each and every one of us because we see Christ. This is what happens when you turn up in church. And the only way faith is rekindled is when Jesus turns up. Aren't you glad about Jesus today? Aren't you glad about Jesus this morning, church? Because I don't know about you, but man, I could have a bad day. <laughs> I could have a bad... In fact, you could be driving in your car and all of a sudden someone cuts you off. Woo! Don't go quiet on me. Everyone's been there before. And someone cuts you off and you feel like flipping them the bird, but it turns into, oh, hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. <laughs> And all of a sudden, you know what? Jesus comes in, changes our mindset, changes our thoughts, changes the way we think. You might be in your house and it's like, man, kids are running wild. There's dishes yet to be done. It's like, God, I need your help. Come on, anybody real this morning? It's so good when Jesus rocks up in the midst of our situation. And this is what happens. The disciples are in fear and all of a sudden Jesus comes in and everything changes. But there's one person missing. One person's missing and his name is Thomas. Thomas, where you at, brother? Thomas, you missed out, my man. Thomas, Jesus was here. Thomas is the guy that missed out on outreach. <laughs> Thomas is the guy that missed out on that service that, you know what, oh man, it was powerful. Man, the church was packed. Thomas was the guy that missed out and everyone's like, man, Jesus rocked up. And Thomas misses out. And the disciples are saying to him, we have seen the Lord. And Thomas says this, I don't believe it. Thomas goes, you know what? Until I see the handprint of the nails, I put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. I remember reading that scripture. Bang, hit me right there. That is the cry of the world. They want to see it. They got the camera. Until I see the believers living out their lives, until I see the nail piece hands, until I see the evidence of the cross in your life, then I'll believe. That is the cry of the world. So number one, if you're making note, the evidence of the cross. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 5 verse 24, those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. That is the evidence of the cross. When someone has had an encounter with Jesus, when someone has decided to surrender their soul, their sin, what's happening is they're literally crucifying their flesh, spiritually crucifying themselves, and that is the evidence of the cross. 
that the evidence is so seen when someone's been truly transformed. I believe the world has heard enough. I believe the world has had enough of people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Talk, 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 talk. All talk, 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 talk. But ain't no walk. Oh, you're a Christian. Oh, my goodness. I see you in a nightclub the other day. Oh, wow. Oh. Until I see the evidence. Until I see the nail piece heads. Have you crucified your flesh? Have you crucified the desires of the world? Because the world wants to see it. The world wants to believe it. But will the Christian rise up today and say, you know what? I'm going to crucify that flesh. Come on. I'm going to crucify the things that have been holding me down. The things that I've been addicted with. Come on. Because you know what? He turns the mess into a message that you can say, hey, I've been there. But I crucified that flesh a long time ago. And the power of Jesus Christ changed my life. I'm telling you, it's evidence of the cross. Many profess to be believers, yet they speak the lingo, but their lives speak another language. Jesus was harsh to the Pharisees. Come on now. Do you read the Bible? You, re you remember the stories. Jesus was harsh with the Pharisees. He called them hypocrites. Hypocrites is a term used in Bible times where it's pretty much they, they uh, had these masks on. And so when people can see around and they stand, it's on a far distance. They can see, oh, yeah, the emotion. They see, oh, yeah, that's a sad face. They see, oh, yeah, happy face. And so that's why they called him a hypocrite is someone who'd been the player, is someone that's been the actor. And Jesus looked at these Pharisees. They looked all holy on the outside. They prayed the best prayers. They've done all the right things, and yet Jesus looks right inside their hearts, calls them filled with dead man's bones. Woo! He calls them just as he sees them. Paparazzis are watching you. Your family are watching you. But more importantly, God sees beyond the camera. God sees beyond the lens of this world, and he sees right through us. What about you today? When he looks at your life, are you filled with dead man's bones? Are you a hypocrite? Someone who just comes to church on Sunday? Woo, it's getting quiet. Ain't no amens in this place. Because <laughs> it's real. I'm telling you, it's, it's so easy to just live for the world and do whatever we feel like. It's so easy to just, you know what, have a grudge and just live the way I feel. But I'm telling you, are you going to crucify that flesh? Because that's the evidence of the cross and people see inward but most importantly God sees the heart paparazzi face faith Jesus says you will know my disciples by their what by their fruit the world wants to see the power of the gospel in the lives of people but yet they're thrown off by those who profess they're Christians but yet live like the world second Timothy chapter 3 verse 5 having a form of godliness but denying its power and such people turn away I've been there. Man, my family have grown up in church, and they go to church, and I, and I see them drink. As a, as a young kid, you think, okay, that must be, you know, church. That must be no change whatsoever. Until I realized I got saved as a young man in, in grade 12. I've seen others who lived my life. Broken home, come up in a broken family. Relationships have been broken. I've seen someone get saved and truly transformed, thinking, man, what's so different? And then I see my brother who's a drug dealer. I see my brother who's suicidal, decides to go to church because someone witnesses to him. Someone tells him about the gospel. He goes to church. He gets totally transformed. 
I've never seen him smile like ever in my life unless he's on something. And I've seen the evidence of the cross in his life. And that made me think, you know what? I see that in that person. I believe it. And that caused me to now run to Christ. I remember I was crying out in my bedroom. I said, God, I don't know if you know me, but I know you know my brother. That same change you've done in him. Do it in me. I want to be changed. The same way you've touched others, God, I want to be touched. And this is why the Christians, listen, you got to be unashamed of the gospel. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 1 verse 16, Do not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes. Amen. When people see your life, when people see your life, they're taking the photos, a snapshot of your life. What do they see? Are you pushing people away or are you winning them to Christ? So the world is crying out like Thomas, until I see, until I see it, then I'll believe. James chapter 4 verse 4 gives us some incredible, incredible, disturbing and confronting words. He says this, adulteress, adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Listen, the evidence is clear. You're either a friend of the world or you're a friend of God. Number two, let's talk about the evidence of the grave. Because Jesus died, but he didn't remain dead. He rose again three days later. And our lives are to resemble that very truth. That we as believers are not still dead in our sins, still dead in our trespasses, but we are alive in God. Romans chapter 6 talks about being dead to sin and alive to God. Listen to this. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer, listen to this, be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we also shall live with him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For death, that he died. He died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon your lives to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Listen, you have to have this uh, conviction in your life that, you know what, you're a testimony. Your life is a testimony. That there are people watching you, and you know what, sometimes we will fall or stumble, but listen, we can be alive in God. We can be alive that through His resurrection, there comes this power that lives within us. That we can have the victory over sin and death. We can have victory over addictions. We can have victory in our lives. Being a testimony for Christ. Acts chapter 4 verse 33. The apostles gave their testimony in words. And with great power, the 
apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. They have seen Christ. They have seen Him live. They've seen Jesus. The apostles were testifying of the resurrection. They were telling others what they've seen in their own lives, in their, in their eyes, with, heard with their own ears. They've even touched. They gave a personal account of what happened with Christ. Now we as believers today, we don't have this face-to-face experience like what the apostles did, but our conversion experience is no less genuine and no less proof of God's supernatural work in our lives. That we should eagerly share with boldness and humility the change that has taken place in our hearts. That you know what, we ought to be a light We ought to be people that shine God's love, that begin to shine the light of Jesus Christ. Listen to Acts chapter 13, verse 47. For this I is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Listen, he's calling out people to say, you know what, let's be light. Let's continue to live the walk that Jesus walked. Let's continue not just by words, not just speak it, but live it to shine the light of the gospel. Matthew chapter 5 verse 15 says, Nor do they light a lamp, light, light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works, listen to this, and glorify Father in heaven. Amen. They see your life and they want to change. They see your life and they want to change their life as well. Just like so many of you who are in this place, you can testify. The reason why you came was because you saw someone else come in and got saved. If God can do it for them, God can do it for me. Amen. If God can do it for them, listen, God can do it. And we now become the light that say, you know what? Hey, listen, what God has done in me, God can do for you as well. I love how Brother Andrew came and shared his testimony last night and said, you know what? Before in the world was not 50-50, it was 100% in the world. And so the same thing when it comes to Jesus, he's like, you know what? I'm not going to go 50-50, half in the world, half in the church. He said, what did he say? I'm going 100 I'm telling you, the world sees that and says, yes, that's what I want to see. I don't want to see hypocrisy. I don't want to see fakeness. I want to see someone who's been transformed. I want to see the evidence of the cross. I want to see Christ. And that is when people begin to see it and say, yes, I believe it. I want to see it. I believe it. And that's what the world is crying out. Let's talk about number three, the expression of a believer. So the evidence... It's because we've encountered and what's happened on the inside is now expressed on the outside. The word express has two words. Ex in Latin means out and pressa in Latin means to press. The expresser. To press out or to obtain by squeezing. Pressed out meaning that what is on the inside will come out. And that is why it's so important to be people of character. To be people who are genuine. It talks about, uh, you know, Timothy saying that he sees the genuine faith that is within him. That has been passed down from his grandmother to his mother and is now in you. Talking about a genuine faith. And I'm telling, you know what, as we begin to live for Christ, there's something that happens within us. There begins to build a character. Something that's now genuine. That's now on the inside will come out. We had a, a men's boot camp a few years ago. 
And the quote was, what's on the inside is going to come out. And so everyone on this boot camp was like, yeah, hallelujah, oh, wow, you know. Oh, yeah, you know, faith-filled, come to day one. Yeah, we're doing all these exercises. Everyone's getting all, uh, you know, tired and weary. And then come the second day, come the third day, everyone is like ready to, you know, what punch the, 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 <laughs> the instructors. They're, they're arguing amongst each other, and that is exactly what life will do. What's on the inside of you will come out. The things that will test your faith will come out. Things that's on the inside will now begin to be revealed. What are you doing with your life? Are you praying? Because this is what builds a man's character. This is what builds a woman's character. It's through prayer. It's through reading the Word of God. It's allowing God to come into our lives. God to change us on the inside out. That when we do go through the trials... What we've done in our season is what we've, we've begin to press through, through prayer and through the reading of God's word. And so when we go through life's testing, what's inside is already going to come out. The fruits of the Spirit. Bearing the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, self-control. That's a spirit. If you find yourself, you know, with no self-control, you better come back to the word. The fruit of the Spirit. Are you walking in the flesh or are you walking in the spirit? You got to build up the spirit man. It's like going to the gym. You go to the gym, pump up that iron. It's like you're, you're building up that muscle. The same thing goes with the spirit man, the spirit woman. You got to get into the Lord's gym. That's through prayer. That's through reading the word of God. Get that inside of you. Get the good stuff inside of you. It's, it's, it's more than just a diet. Christianity is not, not a diet. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. You got you to gotta, you gotta live this thing, man. Most people get on a diet and that's all. Yeah, yeah, but then they throw it all out because it hasn't become a lifestyle to them. And so you got to cultivate this in your life. Build that character up. Breathe. Live it. Eat the thing. Eat the word. Get it inside of you. You know what? It's true, but your actions do speak louder than your words. Your life does the speaking. That when you go through these trials, listen, you don't have to say anything. <laughs> People see it. It's like, man, yeah. <laughs> we, we know who you really are. Yeah, that's right. When they go through trials, it's like, oh, what was really on the inside was really there all along. You know, we go through COVID-19. What was really in the church was faith. So, you know, what? we're going to continue going, building forward. What's really there was there all along. What about you this morning? When you go through trials and tribulations, when the flesh is starting to come up, what have you been doing in your life? Have you been praying, reading? Because if you find yourself with no self, you got to come back again. Because your life does the speaking. Listen, preach, yes, but yes, talk about your life. But listen, does your talk match your walk? Your words need to match your heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the man speaks Again, it's talking about what's on the inside, what will express out into how he behaves, how he acts, how he responds. Jesus is a perfect example. They mocked him. They spat on him. Yet he didn't say a word. Why? His life is speaking. You can't deny what Jesus had done. You can't deny what he'd accomplished with his life on earth. I want to encourage you, stir your faith today. Live out what Jesus has done on the inside. Because you become a walking billboard for Christ. 
Again, your kids will see you. Your children see how you respond. Your friends see you. Your spouse sees you. The world sees you. And more importantly, God sees you. How are you living your life? Because your life does the speaking. I want to close with this poem. It's a powerful poem that really does remind myself. It's a poem by Edgar Guest. Listen to this. It says, I'd rather see a sermon than hear one any day. I'd rather one should walk with me than merely tell the way. The eyes are better pupil and more willing than the ear. Fine counsel is confusing, but examples always clear. And the best of all the preachers are the men who live their creeds. For to see good put in action is what everybody needs. I soon can learn to do it if you'll let me see it done. I can watch your hands in action, but your tongue too fast may run. And the lecture you deliver may be very wise and true, but I'd rather get my lessons by observing what you do. For I might misunderstand you and the high advice you give, but there's no misunderstanding how you act and how you live. When I see a deed of kindness, I am eager to be kind. When a weaker brother stumbles and a strong man stays behind, just to see if he can help him, then the wish grows strong in me to become as big and thoughtful as I know that friend to be. And all the travelers can witness that the best of guides today is not the one who tells them, but the one who shows the way. One good man teaches many, men believe what they behold. One deed of kindness noticed is worth 40 that are told. Who stands with men of honor, learns to hold his honor dear. For right living speaks a language which, is, which to everyone is clear. Though an able speaker charms me with his eloquence, I say, I'd rather see a sermon than to hear one any day. Yay. Amen. If your life is a sermon, what are you preaching? Paparazzi faith. When everyone is watching, are you really a Christian? Are you a true believer? Amen. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Let's be genuine people. Let's be genuine Christians. Not just Sundays, but every day. Because people are watching. Most importantly, God's watching. I want to give an invitation, as always, just like we do every service. You're here today, you know your heart is not right with God. The Bible says it's appointed for man to die once, then comes the judgment. My question to you is this, where will you spend eternity if you were to die? That is a good question that you need to ask yourself. Where will you spend eternity if you were to die today? If Jesus was to come back today for his church, would you be left behind? Are you saved? Are you born again? Jesus says you must be born again. To inherit the kingdom of God, you must be born again. Born of the Spirit. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Your sin separates you, my friend, my brother, my sister. But the good news is Jesus Christ became the bridge. That through the cross and the resurrection, His blood pays for our sins. Your sins and mine included. The whole world. And He gave His life for you. To forgive you. To wash you clean. 
so that you can make heaven your home. And you're here today. You know your heart's not right with God. You, you be honest. Say, yep, that's me. I want you to raise your hand with mine. Say, yes, amen. I see that hand in the back. Anyone else? I see this hand. I see the hands are going up. Anyone else? Join his honest heart. Say, yep, that's me. I'm not saved. I'm not right. But today I want to make a commitment. I want to be honest before God. God sees your heart. You're here today. God wants to save your soul. You know your heart's not right with God, but today you want to give your heart to Jesus. You want to make heaven your home. You say, yes, that's me, Pastor. Uh, that's me. I, I want to be saved. I want to be forgiven. That's you. Raise your hand with these honest people. These honest hearts today. Say, yes, that's me. Maybe you're a backslider. You once had a walk with Christ. You once had a walk with Jesus, but since you've slid back into your old ways, if that's you, you raise your hand and say, yes, that's me. I'm away from God. I know if I was to die, I wouldn't make heaven my home. If that's you, raise your hand with these honest hearts and say, yes, that's me. I need forgiveness. I need Christ in my life. It's not enough just coming to church. Don't be a Sunday Christian. Amen. I see that hand. Anyone else? Be real before a holy God. Say, yes, that's me. You might not have enough time. There's not enough time. He's coming back. Amen. I see that hand. Anyone else? Raise your hand. Be honest before God today. God wants to touch you. God wants to heal you. He wants to make you a new creation. For those of you, raise your hand. Why don't you come out of your seat? Come, come. We're going to just stand at the front of the altar. We're just going to pray a prayer together. Come. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you want to join this honest hearts. Why don't you come out of your seat and say, yes, that's me as well. Amen. You join this honest people. Come. If God's speaking to you right now, and you're like, man, I should have gone, just come. There's no shame. It'll be shameful to stand before God and, and realize, man, I should have done it back then. If that's you, why don't you come out of your seat and say, yep, that's me. For people here in this place, God is touching you right now, saying, that's you, that's you. Come, come right now. Join us on his people. We'll wait for you. Step out of your seat. God, I pray right now, you deal with hearts here in this place. Lord, I pray, let us be genuine people with faith. I pray, God, for the, the one right now that is struggling to even make a commitment. God, I pray you move upon their hearts right now that they would come to the front to accept you. Time is running out. Time is not here. God, I pray that you put on their heart right now, God, to respond to the call. Hallelujah. Amen. Guys, right now, we want you to just repeat this prayer after me. I want you to repeat this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you love me. I'm asking that you wash me with your blood. I repent. I turn from my ways and I turn to you. Come into my life. Make me a new creation. Be the Lord and the Savior of my life. In Jesus' name.